This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Hey, I had a pretty good week, Josh. I mean, isn't that news for the Always Cheating community? It is, yeah. For any for anyone who's uh, who's been listening for more than, uh, I don't know, two weeks now, um, I, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the International Break episode with, with Luke Thunberg, where Brandon really... He really goes into, I mean, it's it's almost, it's about a two-hour uh, sort of like deep dive, wouldn't you say, Brandon, into your Yeah, into it's your like that H, the HBO the, drama called In Treatment. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, Luke was a stand-in stand for, uh, who's the name of that, Gabriel Byrne, the right, actor? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the episode name is Wild Card, Wild Card Diaries, if anyone's interested. But yeah, I've kind of been on tilt the last two weeks, and... We'll talk about our game weeks in a second, but I think the fact that I was able to um, be patient this week served me well. So we have this this theory that we get uh, more listeners when there is a good game week. Like we tend to see the best traffic. Um, uh, you know, like I mean, obviously, you know, you see a lot during like the uh, double game weeks and things like that. But uh, when there's just like a good game week where like a, you know, Guerrero is highly captained, he has you know, like the the Newcastle game a couple years ago where he scored five goals in 20 minutes. Great numbers for the podcast afterwards. Huge numbers. So, do you think? What do you think? Do you think? What do you think the numbers are going to be like this week? Because it's a real, real week of highs and lows. You had, you had Liverpool. You had, but yeah, and then you had Kane as well. It is true. I think this is a very divisive game week for those exact reasons. So I think this episode might be a little better than recent weeks. I mean, the international break always kind of messes with people's um, engagement with FPL. It's kind of right. like getting back into the swing of things. So um, I'm curious to see. I hope I hope everyone's excited going into game week five because I do feel, I mean, beyond whether you had a good game week or a bad game week, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if you're a plugged-in manager listening to this podcast, you're probably somewhere within the ballpark, within the ballpark of the average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I now love, we're starting yeah. to get to that very elusive point in the season where we're starting to know 
just a little bit more about these new players, and our decisions are going to get easier and easier to make as we go? It's, it's in some ways, yes, in other ways, no. I mean, I think that you look at you know Aaron Moy's performance this afternoon, and you wonder, is this guy, you know, or, or you know, Mounier for that matter too, right? I mean, you look at some of those Hutterfield players, and you think, can they? Are these guys going to score enough goals to justify our investment? You know, um, so but then you look at someone like Kane, and you're like, all right, well, this, I guess this guy, you know, going going into Swansea next game week, and he scores, you know, a brace away to. Everton, it really should count as one goal, uh, one goal and a cross. A that, cross that shot, yeah. Yeah, that should count as an assist, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's talk about our game weeks. Uh, I, I actually have a story to tell you first, um, or it's actually, it's part, so you and I went to uh, the Black Horse, which is a, uh, uh, with our friend Trevor, it was a, a great bar here in Brooklyn. Yeah, we love the Black bar. Horse. It, it, it didn't burn down Saturday night, it's, it continues to be a great bar. Uh, it's a great, great bar in Brooklyn. Um, and... So we were watching the uh, the Liverpool. Uh, you know, we, we got there right at right at you know the crack of dawn. We're there at yep. seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, watching a very entertaining first forty minutes of of uh, you know, Liverpool Man City, and uh, all of a sudden the the epic red card happens. The you know I don't think it was there was anything particularly violent, and you know we're not we're not a general interest soccer pod, so I don't want to go down this road too far. But I, I don't think that you know. I just don't think he was trying to do it. I think if the ball had gotten... I mean, obviously, no one thinks he's trying to kick him in the face. But, you know, I know you kind of have to give the the, the, the long ban for the violent conduct. But yeah. um, it would have been hard for him not to... For him to pull his foot down once he realized how late, he, you know... He well, I, th- I think Raphael Horningstein on the Totally Football Show put it very succinctly. You... You'll get a ticket for a speeding violation in your car, and generally it's a minor infraction. But if you're speeding and you kill somebody, you're going to jail. So um, it it may have been, in a sense, like a minor infraction, like dangerous and play. And he killed, he killed Ederson. Yeah. So we shouldn't we should gloss over this fact. So, I mean, we're just talking about Mane's jail time alone uh, <laughs> could take up a large part of this podcast. Yeah, the trial is gonna it's gonna drag on all season long, isn't it? We've been waiting for a great drama like this for a long time in FPL, and we finally have it. We have our OJ just, Simpson case. I was just pulling uh, Mane up on the uh, the fantasy side a second ago. And he just got the red flag there, and I was like, oh, what what date does he actually come back? And it's October first, which feels it feels so far away, doesn't it? October first. Yeah. yeah, as as one of our listeners tweeted at us, we'll be dogging by then. Leaf people. All right. What do you think his price is going to be on October first? Right, this is uh, he's he's owned by almost thirty percent of the league. Uh, he's at nine point six now. He's at nine point six now. Okay, so he'll be nine. I predict nine point four. Just a just oh, a minor point yeah. two drop. I think nine point one. Wow. I, I think fight is a little swingier with price drops now. I mean, you look at you know a lot of these uh, these Man United defenders that were highly owned that got dropped. Um, a lot of them are down to like crazy low. Like if anything happens to Phil Jones, uh, it is amazing how cheap that you can get um, uh, Lindelof. He's 5.1. He's already dropped 0.4 in the first four game weeks. That's incredible. So I, the question I have about Mane is how, how much of that ownership is still playing the game. Because there's just, you can't discount the huge. It's only four weeks into the season. Yeah, though. but there are, what, okay, so here's a general question for our audience. What percentage of the 4.9 million FPL managers out there just set up a team in game week one because their office mates made them and they haven't even <laughs> logged in since then? What right. percentage I, is just a game week one 
uh, manager. I don't like to think that way. I like to think that all 4.5 million managers are actively managing their team. They're they're listening to this podcast. They're almost first of all, it's almost five million this year, which is uh, that's like almost a million more than we were through through four game weeks last season. So even if that's a million dead teams, Brandon, that's still it's still four million active managers. The thing I can't wrap my head around is how we get 10 million listens per week and there are only 4.9 <laughs> million managers in the FPL. Yeah, is that just is that you and I just uh, <laughs> uh, hitting hitting play uh, 10 million times? All right, this is, this is already a classic always cheating intro in that you were in the middle of right. telling a story about five minutes ago. Right, right, exactly. And this is a, this is a fantasy story, so let me let me get into it here. Uh, so anyway, so the, the red card happens, and I'm kind of bummed out because I have Firmino. Uh, you, you were without Liverpool coverage, so this is this is fine for you. Um, which was my wild a card bummed, gambit. I also bummed out because I dropped Danilo, which almost nobody predict. You know, no one knows. The, the, like, I'm not going to pay any attention anymore to any lineup prediction websites. Uh, no one. I mean, it's first of all. I mean, you can't blame these. No, people a for like, effort like, for trying. I mean, at yeah, least they're out like there trying. Totally, yeah. Yeah, it's not like Tony Pulis's like son is, you know, <laughs> making up the predicted starting eleven for West Brom. I mean, who knows? Inscrutable right? that man. Yeah. yeah, but I I got worried. You know, I was looking at all of the um, all of like so the the scout fantasy football scout actually thought that um, Hagazi was going to start, but most of the general interest sports sites, um, which are more or less, I mean, like it kind of depends on. But I was I was I was like I was literally reading like Midlands England newspapers, like looking at their starting eleven. It was so I don't know <laughs> your what, local know library what really life. has it all, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was I had the microfiche and I was just <laughs> I was <laughs> scrolling down, uh, and a lot of them thought that uh, that it was going to be Evans and Morrison in the uh, in the midfield. Uh, not not Morrison. Um, who's the Dawson? Uh, Evans and Dawson, Dawson in the middle of the sorry. defense. Exactly. So, uh, so I thought, okay, fair enough. Um, Hagazi may not start. I need to make a move here. Um, I still wanted to start him. If, so I ca- actually I kept him my team, um, and I started him away to, to Brighton. But then I, I dropped Danilo, uh, who I didn't think was going to play, or I thought might get like a one point cameo. Yeah. Uh, I dro- I dropped him for Duff um, on uh, Brighton. Uh, which just freed up a little extra money, and um, I like Brighton's fixtures over the next few game weeks, and they should have kept a clean sheet. I mean, they kind of conceded a dumb goal late when they were up 3 nothing. Du- du- Duffy, um, you mean? Yeah, what did I say, Duff? Not the, not the Duff man from Simpsons. Yeah, or Duff. Wasn't there a guy who named, named Duff who played for Fulham? Yeah, Damien Duff, in the day? Yeah, Irish yeah, legend. Duff, yeah, thank you. That's right. I think he played for Chelsea, too. Uh, so I, I, so I brought in Duffy, which, you know, didn't work out great. Uh, but then, you know, I, I had to watch the Danilo clean sheet, which, which seemed pretty inevitable once Liverpool gave up, like, you know, I mean, basically when they dropped, uh, uh, this is like the longest story. I'm sorry. I'm just going to wrap this up quickly. <laughs> yeah, this is, this you is know, they, they dropped, story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they dropped Salah at, um, uh, at halftime, I was like, oh, they're just, they're, they're just going for the champions league right here. They're just, you know, they're, uh, they're not even trying to win this game. Uh, so anyway, uh, you get um, you had held on to KDB despite all despite all logic. Yeah. You, had, you had held on to KDB. There was a very <laughs> nervy moment. Me drinking my happy hour beer on the way to meet my wife for dinner on Friday night, and it was around uh, like the the price changes were nigh, and I saw KDB was on to lose another point one to dip to nine point eight. And if that were the case, I wouldn't be able to afford Eden Hazard. Now, we can have a whole separate conversation about that move. But I thought 
there was something sexy about it. I was still kind of on tilt a little bit with my my low point scoring. I thought, hey, mm-hmm. this might be a move to really turn things around for me. <laughs> and of course, I, yep. I had better judgment, and I said, you know, no good will come of conservative instincts took over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I held on to KDB, and I was very lucky he didn't drop in price. He remains at nine point nine, and you know, if I with any luck, I'll get I'll get ten ten million back out of him. You know, by the time Mane's back in play, <laughs> yeah, maybe if you, if you hold on that long. Um, so you so you end up having a you know pretty decent return from KDB. It looks like I think you've only only nine points in the sure. end, right? Because yeah, um, the uh, defender he was just clinging on to a bonus point near the end, and then um, it was Mendy and. There was another defender, perhaps, in play trying to get that bonus point off of De Bruyne. And then, of course, when Walker and Mendy come in with their assist, that that walled off that bonus point for KDB. But nine points um, on a gamble of a hold for a really expensive midfielder, I I was ecstatic about that. Yeah, I mean, nine points from a defensive midfielder is just a huge haul, and you've got to be pretty excited about that. There was, there, I think we'll talk a little bit about KDB later on, but there have been some charts and graphs all over the internet that show that the only player average position on the pitch for City farther for, farther forward than KDB was Jesus. So, and it was the naked eye could see that Pep was trying a different system, or not full on system, but at least uh, giving giving guys like KDB. Um, a different sort of role, and he did feel like he was yeah. farther forward. He was more involved. It it did seem like he was a little more involved. I agree. So anyway, back to this story that I can't remember. We where can I weave am this story here, throughout the, point... the entire podcast, Josh. I think it's great. <laughs> it's like a Spalding Gray <laughs> monologue. It just meanders all over the place. So um, so anyway, the point is, uh, throughout the rest of the day, um, you were just having like a slightly better game week than I was, and. Uh, I sort of walked out of it and I was like, I'm, a, I'm, on a, I'm definitely on a red arrow right now. This is a Saturday night. Um, and so I was on uh, 48 points. Uh, and so you were on 50 something. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is terrible. And then I went and looked at my score and I was like, oh, I had like a great, yeah. <laughs> a great first day. Uh, and I was up like 100 plus thousand in all these leagues. And, uh, and then I got another clean sheet from, uh, from Ben Mee on Sunday morning. And so I ended up on 54 points overall. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm like at 88,000 in the world right now. I was up 150,000 overall. Um, and it was just, I, I forgot that like, it's a, it's that thing that, that like it happens sometimes when you play someone in like, a, if, if you like have a head to head in your fantasy league, sometimes you'll play someone and they'll just, no matter how good your game week is, like they'll have a slightly better game. Oh week. yeah. Dave, uh, White, you're like, Dave oh, yeah, Lodo, I know you're out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, in our 19 man and woman mini league uh, that we've been in for eight seasons now, I had the best score apart from Dave. Guess who my head to head to head opponent was? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Number one and two played. So it just it, it's it reminded me one of the reasons why I have, I I really I don't I used to spend a lot more time on the fantasy football scout you know site like especially during you know game days and I would read the forums and. But I, I started to like find the score check stuff unbearable because you know the only people who post their scores are people who've had great game weeks. Like no one, 
maybe if you've had like an epically bad game week, right? <laughs> Where like everything has gone wrong, you might sure. post, but no one's no one posts a mediocre score. So if you're on there, unless you've had like the best game week of your life, you're just going to feel bad <laughs> because all you're going to see are game week scores that are higher than yours, and it just gets kind of like depressing it after does. a while. Um, Perspective yeah. is really cool. so. Exactly. So if I had just been home like watching that match for myself. Uh, I would have been like, oh, 54, this is great. You still would have been um, pissed so. off that I was beating you, though. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. But, you know, it's it was okay. I won the first two matches in our, our head-to-head. So we, we didn't start our 50-buck cup until game week two this year. After we kind of gave up on our draft. Okay, so uh, you ended up on 54 total, is that right? And remind our right. listeners, your transfer and your captain this week, just for those keeping score at home. Yeah, it was Danilo to uh, Duffy, and then I captained uh, Lukaku. Uh, I as well captained Lukaku. Um, I think we have some further conversation to have about Big Rom a little later in the episode, but how are we feeling about our choice to captain Rom here? Completely fine. The idea that Kane away to Everton is a better fixture than Lukaku away to Stoke is crazy to me. I mean, like, it just... Yeah, like the results didn't bear it out, but you can't just you can't be too results based about this stuff, you know. I mean, you can't knee jerk every decision. I I have, I would have I would happily have you know if those matches happened again in game week five, I would make the same decision I made. Yeah, obviously a huge relief that Kane is is off and running now with his brace. Yeah. So my move this week was as I mentioned last week, uh, Britos on the red card to Kyle Naughton. Uh, I had a little more hope. For Swansea's performance against Newcastle, but I mean, Renato Sanchez just looked completely out of commission, could not complete a pass to save his life. I don't know what they, it's like they told him, just do whatever you want. It was, (laughs) there were times when he was in the middle of the pitch, there were times when he was like out wide. I mean, he was playing mostly to the middle, but it was, it was, he was on like a free, he took a terrible free kick at one point. Yeah. I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, does he have any role or is he just like, well, he, like I Alexis feel like Sanchez's role. I feel like he was just trying to move the ball from the midfield into the attacking zone. Sure. I, I think he had some decent moves where he put himself in shield. I mean, I'm praising the guy for shielding the ball, basically. But you yeah. could see a certain amount of class in the way he approached the ball. But every single pass didn't have enough on it. Even if it was going in the right direction, you're right. That free kick was really terrible. So it's a question of is he just warming up to playing uh, in a competitive game? Yeah, yeah. And and I thought Carroll looked pretty good in the match. I felt a little – I really was um, kind of expressing some reluctance about Carroll in last week's podcast. But I, I thought he looked pretty good um, in yesterday's match and uh, actually almost could have scored a goal. Um, yeah, it was yeah. late in the first half. It is um, encouraging for, yeah. for those who have kept Carroll. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Tom Carroll and Fabianski were the only players that looked decent for Swansea. Even Kyle Naughton did not. He kind of looked over it at some point yeah. and just started booting the ball up the field. Um, yeah. It just, it, <laughs> there's said about how, like, when you get – I got two points from uh, Duffy, which was disappointing but, like, acceptable. But there's something about getting that yellow card from Naughton that just, like – it just like twist the knife a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> two versus two points versus one point doesn't seem like much, but it was just like, any yellow card is just so. So annoying. I do appreciate the fact that his yellow card came rather early on. When you we have you a, a defender that's maybe on two, even if they have a clean sheet, and you get a yellow card, you know, anytime after the 80th minute, that's when it really stings. Yeah, because you know you're not getting any bonus points either. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, keeping KDB was really um, what tipped me over the edge here, and Erickson and Kane um, for Spurs. Hagazi, I just had this feeling that Brighton were due to score, and they were playing at home, and perhaps also the talk of the rotation risk. I buried Hagazi on my bench, and he, he didn't come into play for me. Yeah, a very disappointing uh, zero-pointer for Hagazi, and I think... Uh, uh, I know Gareth McCauley played in a under-23 match for West Brom this game week, so uh, one of the most highly-owned defenders in fantasy may be, uh, may be on his way out of the rotation. Are you are you a little worried about Ghazi right now? Oh, yeah, very worried. So I feel like I was super high. You started with Hagazi in game week one, and you fell into just a pool full of points. Right. And that was well done. And yeah. um, I brought in Hagazi on my wild card going into game week three. And I was just very gung-ho on this guy. And I, I think I said on this podcast, well, Macaulay, he's old. He's never getting back into this lineup. The way Hagazi has been playing, the fact that he gets yanked at the 56th minute, Macaulay is coming back, that is all thrown into question. However, let me say this. If you have Hagazi... Count your blessings. You made a boatload of money on this guy. Sell high. Yeah, it's exactly. I, I got him at 4.5. He's up to 4.9. Uh, I would not recommend anyone bring him into their squad. Uh, I mean, really, you know, in the end, Ben Foster kind of is the is the right pick for that team, right? He's yeah. 4.5 million, and, um, you know, he's guaranteed to start every game week. Uh, you, well, you know, you can't I mean, win them all, can you, Brandon? You cannot win them all. <laughs> Uh, you can't. Okay, so but let's talk about people who can win them all, shall we? All right, let's talk about the always cheating Super League. Uh, Brennan, I'm going to try reading off the top ten this game week, which is always uh, always a calamitous thing to do. But I'm going I'm to go for it anyway. Okay, you're taking it on the chin. I like it. Good luck. I to am, you. and given that given that we had we had like an all time high in people trying to correct our pronunciations last week, um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens right now. Um, and I, I just want to remind people that the players whose names we're mispronouncing, they, they don't know who we are. They're not listening to the podcast, and they, I, I, can, I can be quite sure they're not offended. Yeah, but these, our... player, but these managers in the Always Cheating Super League, you bet they know who we are. So don't offend these people. All right. You're right. All right. So uh, we've got the, uh, the Always Cheating Super League here. I am, I am 101 in the Always Cheating Super League right now, which is uh, not bad. Knocking on the, knock on the top 100. Um, and you said you were exactly 1,500 spots below uh, 14, me? 1,400. I'm currently <laughs> ranked 1,501. So uh, I'm lagging behind a little bit. All right, but here are the top 10. These, there's no, no lag in these players, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> Two-way tie uh, for ninth uh, with N34, Mark Cassander, 54 points this game week. Uh, tie with uh, James Sawyer's uh, The Absolute Moy. Um, number uh, eight, we've got um, Ross Lagawood, the last of the Lagawoods with Canny Bag of Tudor. Um, in seventh, we have um, Romy Lukaku, Joshua Williams. Uh, in six, we have Cooked United, uh, Mitchell Gray. Uh, in five, we have uh, fifth, that is. Uh, we have Tottenham Cold Spurs. Lucky number uh, five. Kloss, My lucky number. Kloss, Eric. Is that right? Mine is 17. Okay. Um, yeah, same number as... Um, Antonio Valencia, I believe. No, Tony V <laughs> is like twenty something. Let's uh, is he? 
Oh, I'm thinking of Nani. Nani is 17. I don't know why I was <laughs> yeah. thinking of Nani. <laughs> you just all your all your favorite Manchester United players of yore are are just flooding into your brain right now. <laughs> they are. Yeah, I'm thinking of Fabio and uh, oh my. Bebe. <laughs> Pepe. Uh, all right, tied for third, we have uh, Fabio Borges, Clichy's clean sheet. It's a, a fixture at the top of the table. Uh, and a game of throw-ins, uh, Tom Clink, Clinkamale. Sorry, Tom, I just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to write it and let us know how, I, how badly I pronounced <laughs> that one. Uh, in second is Zlatan's right knee, uh, Lars Ekstrom. Uh, and number first... <laughs> Number first. first. Outstanding, Josh. <laughs> There's something about recording a podcast. You, you like lose your ability to talk sometimes. Uh, is uh, Micha at De Gea Bar, uh, Richard Fox, 56 points, 270 overall, 814 world ranking for Richard Fox, um, and uh, 1,020 world ranking for Zlatan's right knee. So very impressive. How far down the rank world rankings do you think Richard Fox will fall over the course of the season? That's my question. How far will the Fox fall? Uh, I think he's going to be out of the top 4 million by the end of the season, from first place to out of the top 4 million. If you want to join the ranks of the always cheating Super League, and it is a great league, and we've got like more than 2,000 managers in here right now, go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab. We've got an auto-join button there. Never too late to join. You get to keep all your points. And uh, that code to join us all over our social media. Right, Josh? That's right. I don't know the code offhand, but it's de- <laughs> it's definitely on Twitter and Facebook and uh, our website, alwaysgene.com. And uh, I bet it's even on our Patreon page, Brandon, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Join now before we start our before we start our knockout league uh, in the second international league. Looking forward to that uh, Survivor League. And we're talking about a bonus podcast that we're going to throw up on, on that Patreon page pretty soon. <laughs> That's true. We've already, we've already discussed in depth the conversation we want to have with the guests that we have not invited yet to be on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to finish up this section of the podcast with a rant of the week. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go so well for managers, even me, Josh. But I this week, hard to the, believe. the rant of the week goes to Ian Davis, says, sold Kane, KDB, and Davies, or Davis, uh, Ben Davis, that is, on my wild card. Can't beat that. And this is a really true phrase, Josh. I think Ian says it quite succinctly here. Can't beat that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you see your ex-players running riot. That's true. And it's it's funny that he says running riot because our friend Trevor's team name is running riot. And he also sold Kane. <laughs> and uh, he was having a little meltdown when Kane scored that second goal. Yeah, that is rough. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about heavy-hitting strikers and midfielders. I feel like we spent the entire first part of the season talking about, uh, you know, mid-price this and mid-price that. We're going to talk about the best heavy hitters in the game right now. Um, the players who actually scores the points. Among other things. Uh, so let's take a break, Josh. Play that music. Same old podcast, always cheating. Okay, let's take a quick minute to talk about Starting Eleven, which is a new daily fantasy app for your iPhone or Android phone that takes you into the action of daily fantasy Premier League Josh, let me tell you about all the cool features that you can find on Starting Eleven. Tell it, me. It has no budget. So all those players you can't get in your FPL squad, you can get them in your daily fantasy squad on Starting Eleven. There are also three in-game substitutions that you can make live while you're watching the Premier League games unfold. It's like you're an actual manager standing on the sidelines. 
Uh, on top of that, like I feel like we talk about the live in-game substitutions that you can make with starting 11. One thing that I took advantage of this weekend was uh, making changes to my lineup bef- when the lineups were announced. So I had Hazard. And I, in case that wasn't clear from the start of the podcast, I was very excited for Hazard to be back for Chelsea. <laughs> so I put him on my starting 11 squad. He didn't make the initial team sheet. He was on the bench. So I could go into starting 11. It didn't take one of my three substitutions. And I just swapped him out. It's very free and breezy. It's less rigid than the FPL game that we're used to, which makes it... Uh, quite a bit of fun. So if you go to starting11, and that's starting11, the number 11.io, there are links there to get the app for your iPhone or your Android phone, and you can download and you can start playing today. Josh, we had this thing going on with our listeners in starting11 where people can challenge us to a starting11 head-to-head duel. Uh, Who did you play this weekend? I played Stephen Toomey. And I I was able to eke out a win, Brandon. Uh, I think it was like one one hundred and fifty one points to one hundred and forty one, and I think that was I picked I picked the right forwards. I think that was what really helped me. I had I had Murata, Lacazette, and uh, um, and somebody else. <laughs> and they all uh, all three of I think I had Jamie Vardy too, and so all, all three of my forwards scarred. And uh, I also had Pogba, and I had Peter Check and goal, and so. Sorry, Stephen, but maybe maybe next time. Well, I'm glad you took that on because Stephen and I have a we still have a rubber match that we need to play. So, Stephen, you're on next time. This weekend, I um, played Jeff Petter, our good friend, and sorry, Jeff, let's do it again. I beat him this time, and then I played both on Saturday and Sunday with John Torstein, and I beat John on Saturday, and then he turned around and beat me on Sunday, and I have to say. Um, we had some questions about the app, getting John set up, and we had some emails back and forth with Starting Eleven and the uh, like customer service or tech uh, email correspondence was amazing. So Starting Eleven, if you have any problems with this app, just shoot them an email. They'll coach you through it, and once you're in, it's it's very easy to use. So yeah, uh, once we again, don't anticipate you having any problems, but if you do, they'll help you with it. No, absolutely. I I haven't had a single issue. No, neither did I. Actually, I'm really good with computers, though, Josh. <laughs> All right, so I, I've been coding. I've been coding for 35 years, Brandon. <laughs> so we've been having a lot of fun using this app. Again, if you want to challenge us this coming weekend, there are um, you can use Starting Eleven any day in which there are three or more uh, matches being played in the Premier League. So just hit us up with a DM on Twitter or Facebook or email us hailcheaters at gmail dot com. And uh, challenge the cheaters today. All right, Brandon, on to part two. Key questions for game week five. First key question. What is, Brandon, the best forward line right now? Uh, yeah, Stephen Toomey, uh, speaking of starting 11 uh, challenges, asked the golden question, which three would you start? Kane, Firmino, Jesus, Murata. We have a few other questions about what is what are the best three? Uh, Daniel Kolarov says is a front three of Kane, Murata, for Firmino, viable without Romelu Lukaku, and uh, I think the key question here is where is Lukaku now ranking for us in terms of must-haves? Right. So Lukaku, the guy who scored four goals in four games, <laughs> uh, should have had five goals if he'd made his penalty on game week three. You don't uh, deny, not, though, is, that the general feeling here, and, ju- and just watching Lukaku, he doesn't, 
he's not just like getting a, a zillion chance chances. He's not like bright on the ball. He is he's yeah. doing the business. He's scoring the goals. Yeah. What my, what I'm what I'm feeling is a a sense of restlessness in the FPL community to make a change. And they see I think they see the money. It's like a man in the mirror esque sort of impulse. <laughs> I am not going to you know, I I am far from the most conventional of managers and I, I'm certainly you know, very in favor of, of wild card moves, but I, I just think, you know, Lukaku is relatively cheap still. He's still only eleven point seven million. Uh he's scored relatively in, cheap. Well, relatively cheap compared to Kane, I guess, okay. right? And he's he, he's you know what, is he the same price as Aguero? Aguero, no, no, I'm sorry. Aguero is uh, 11.5 as well, right? So, yeah. So, Lukaku is 11.7 million, and uh, Man United, and they really don't have a great backup striker. I mean, they have they have Marcus Rashford. They're, just really, you know, they're really playing them together right now. Uh, and Man U continue to have very good fi- you know, fixtures. I mean, they play you know, home to Everton in, in game week five, and then Southampton and Crystal Palace, Huddersfield. Um, even that Liverpool away match in game week eight is not a game that I would be particularly scared of. Um, you know, the issue, yeah, I mean, the issue is that if you watch the first, I mean, you're right, because if you watch the first half of the, the uh, Man United-Stoke match, you, you would be disappointed to see just how conservative Mourinho was in his setup, right? He was he played Stoke like it was, you know, Inter Milan, you know, circa 2010 or something like that. Like was, a Mourinho-Inter Milan side? Yeah, it was like a, like he was playing himself seven years ago. Like oh, wow. he was playing the most unpenetrable of defenses, a, a super team, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, he he treated Stoke with more respect than the Stoke players have for themselves. It was absolutely ridiculous. That is not that is not hard to do, Joshua. <laughs> so I mean, what do you? Okay, so my feeling about Lukaku is he's he's a season keeper. Um, I mean, barring injury or suspension, um, I I plan to start him and captain him uh, nearly every game week. Uh, I probably actually won't captain him in game week five. Uh, I plan to captain Harry Kane uh, as home to the uh, okay. Here's the here's the thing I will say, and I don't mean to jump around too much here, but the concern with Kane is that you know they play on Saturday, and they have a Champions League game at midweek, so it's a, it's a pretty fast turnaround time. Uh, Man United does play one day later; they play on Sunday. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's a, you know, enough of a difference to, to change things at all. I mean, let's see. So Man United play, they play on, they play uh, on Tuesday, um, and then they play, um, they play at home on Tuesday, right? They play at home on Tuesday and then they, then they play at home on Sunday. Um, and then when do, do you know when Spurs play this week? Yeah, they play Wednesday against Dortmund. So, and they're and they're at home. So, everyone is at, all the Premier League teams are at home midweek save for, for Manchester City. City who are going to Holland. So, Kane plays on Wednesday and then cuz he'll certainly play in that first Champions League fixture. So, he plays on Wednesday and then he'll play again 2 days later. And Lukaku plays at home on Tuesday and then again 4 days later. So, there is at least an argument that Lukaku will be a little more rested. He would be playing a better team, granted, on, on Sunday. But Well, not, on the, not just, on the but, basis of what they showed. Everton, the way they looked against Spurs, not so sure right. about that. It's an Everton team and then in a little bit of disarray, and we know that Kane is a little shaky um, in Wembley, right? Early Spurs have not like convinced so yes. far in Wembley. Right. I, think, I think that's safe to say. Uh, so I, I do think there's an argument for Captain Ian Lukaku over Kane this game week. 
And the narrative, oh, the narrative, she sings in this one, where uh, <laughs> Lukaku's old team coming to Old Trafford, you know he's yeah. going to score against them. I think I may have just talked myself into Captain Lukaku over King. <laughs> All right, save it for, <laughs> save it for the Game Week 5 uh, preview that we'll have coming up. Okay, so um, other heavy-hitting strikers that we have to talk about, and then I think we need to finish this section by coming up with as of the end of game week four going into game week five, the uh, best forward three lineup budget be damned. So, okay, here's a question for you. Have you ever seen a better header of the ball than Alvaro Morata? I mean, this guy does everything with his head. It's like um, he has no feeling in his feet. He's just, he just think he thinks he's running. Therefore he is running. Yeah. It's just like it. Hit me with the head. Ball. I think if he took, I think if he took a penalty for Chelsea, he would actually flick the ball up to his head and try and try to head it as a penalty. You, you know, Riyad Mahrez tried to do that uh, last season. <laughs> double, double hit. Double <laughs> um, but okay, so let's say Lukaku versus Firmino. Who are you going to take? Uh, look, I've been taking Lukaku over <laughs> everyone, including Harry Kane. Um. Firmino, okay, I want to save the Firmino discussion until we get to, well, we want to talk about heavy hitter midfielders, but Firmino, to me, goes hand in hand with midfielders because what's going on with this Liverpool team with Mane out for the next few weeks? Yeah. Does that make you lose confidence in Firmino going forward, short term? Well, it, it... It doesn't make me feel great. I mean, you know, the what's it's likely that he does play out wide with. It kind of depends on what what, what kind of lineup uh, they roll out. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a strikerless formation anyway. Uh, chances are good that Coutinho will will slot in starting next weekend, uh, and so. It's not like I mean Coutinho doesn't play. He's not really a wide man, um, yeah. and so you would play. You need someone to play that role, but you could. I suppose play someone like Oxlade Chamberlain out there, and and then keep Firmino up front. It sort of depends on what the what the team looks like. And Klopp's shown a willingness to try this. He dropped um, Salah from the starting eleven a couple weeks ago, so it's not like he feels he's dependent, depending on the fixture, to play both Mane and Salah, both who have great pace and play sort of similar vital roles bomb yeah. down the wing and get those balls into Firmino. I mean, we can't fit thick- Sturridge is also there to drop in and give Firmino a bit of freedom. The game week four, five, six, and seven fixtures help me help my thinking on this because it's it's Burnley at home in game week five, great fixture. Uh, Leicester away in game week six, which is is a it's a fine fixture. I mean, I don't, Leicester are not keeping a ton of clean sheets this season. Have they kept any? Maybe they kept one in game week two. Um, Newcastle away in game week seven. Um, you know, then they play Man United and Spurs in eight and nine. But just looking at the next three game weeks, um, you know, when when Mane would be out, um, they're pretty good game weeks, and so I would expect some goals in those three fixtures. So yeah, maybe. I mean, Burnley isn't exactly a team that sets up to get counterattacked. Yeah, but they can see a lot of goals on the road. I mean, last year Heaton was, you know, he would rack up tons of save points, and I, I know they kept the 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 clean sheet away to Man United, you know, the famous like eighteen save clean sheet. But in general, you were often getting zero, like zero one or two from Heaton. Yeah, a bit of an anomaly for your keeper to have that many saves too, because that just means it was a really bad luck day for Zlatan. Right, right, and I think Burnley look okay this year, but I mean, even even down. 
even down a man, Chelsea scored two goals at you know against them uh, at home. So yeah, um, yeah, I think Liverpool not with, will not will with Pope and goal though, Josh. Not with not with Pope and goal. That's, oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Although Pope apparently is really good. I mean, once once Pope came in for Heat, and everyone was like, oh, that save he had against um, Benteke was phenomenal. Uh, I can't really believe lucky. we kept uh, you and I both have been me, and we we got so lucky to keep. That we we did get very country. lucky. That 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 sort of. Um, that that lightened the the blow, would soften the blow of the of the Kyle Naughton flame out. All right. All right. So if, if I were to rank to my to get back to your original question, if I were to rank my my heavy hitting strikers, uh, and I have a team of three heavy hitters right now, I've got Kane, Lukaku, and for me now, uh, I guess I would go Lukaku with mo- with money being no object. I would rank it Lukaku, Kane, Murata. And then I guess I would actually find go Firmino over Jesus and Aguero because, I mean, just with the Champions League starting, you're holding your breath every lineup yeah. with Pep, right? You don't, you have no idea if Aguero and Jesus are going to start together, if one of them is going to get on the bench. I mean, that is a rotation risk every single game week for the rest of the season. And I just, I don't. Now, granted, you may have some of that with Firmino as well, um, but you're definitely going to have that with Jesus and Aguero. FBL Doctor asks. Is three premium strikers a must now? So people are messing around with their formations. Maybe they go five, five, three, three. No, five, three, two, five at the back, four, three, three. Uh, I'm trying out a three, five, two because Calvert Lewin is my third forward. <laughs> it does seem to me though that with all this premium striker talk, we are moving toward a must for three heavy hitters up front. Because there are. this is where so many of the attacking options lie. We're going to talk about midfielders um, in a minute and how sort of barren a wasteland that is for midfielders. Yeah. It's really... Uh, I, I, I'm really looking at a 4-3-3 uh, for a while here. I think that might be the best way to maximize uh, points, especially if you feel like you can get points out of the Brighton and Huddersfield defenders. Then I think that there are, and, and Ben Mee, for that matter, who's a, you know, or any, really any of the 4.5 million. I thought Darkovsky looked really great in the uh, Burnley match. He did. He um, looked, he was, he was definitely the leader back there. Yeah. I mean, Mee Not was, qualified to, oh, sorry. I was just saying, Mee was doing his share of clearing, but Tarkovsky was definitely, I mean, he was having clearances off the line and basically it was the last resort. As, as we all expected, Johan Gabay did take a bonus point over Tarkovsky. Uh, for, I don't know, like sending a lot of crosses or something. Uh, so, okay. Uh, it's, how does that, where does that like leave you? I mean, are you, and, and Lacazette is sort of hovering in this kind of weird, like limbo. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about Lacazette yet. I mean, he scored, uh, another goal. It was a beautiful goal over the yeah. weekend against Bournemouth. Very well taken, but natural goals, natural goal scoring instincts. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to get a ton. He's gonna, definitely going to get over 20 goals this year. You predicted it though, Josh, uh, Danny Welbeck outshining Lacazette through four game weeks. <laughs> you know, I just, I, 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 if you listen back to the 39th minute of last week's podcast where I say Danny Welbeck is going to get 16 points at home to Bournemouth. Uh, and you laughed, Brandon, but I, I knew. I did. I knew it was going to happen. Um, it was, I mean, no, that is, that is crazy. I mean, you know, he can't really shoot, but hey, two goals, man. Can't argue with that. Three yeah. goals in four matches. Certainly remains to be seen. But there is that, you know, the specter of Etienne Capoue looming over Danny Welbeck. 
Like, don't get too excited about this guy. This isn't going to be happening for too much longer. But he plays hard. I'm rooting for Danny Welbeck. I mean, I, he's like an he's an easy guy to like. The last person we need to touch on here is Jamie Vardy. Lester have kind of had a lot of rough fixtures to start. Yeah, and, and it, he is still priced up there. It's like eight point five. Is he still eight point five? Yeah. Um, any temptations there? Well, uh, the no. I mean, I, I don't really prefer him over Firmino, but um, I mean, if you look at his fixtures through game week eleven, um, I mean, they play Huddersfield. Uh, they play Liverpool game week six, but then they play Bournemouth, West Brom, Swansea, Everton, Stoke. I mean, I. I'm kind of looking at their defenders, and you know, maybe it'd be nice if there was someone in their midfield besides besides Mares who would emerge. I mean, you have, you've got Mark Albrighton, who's it's five point five million. It's not it's not a terrible price, but I you know I would really if if you're looking for some like di- like sort of under the radar uh, midfield options, I would keep an eye on that Leicester midfield because they have some fantastic fixtures coming up, and someone is going to have to emerge from that midfield, especially. You know, with with Danny with with drink water out. I mean, they need they need some some playmaking options. I just want to make a quick point about Manchester City. People are talking about Aguero's assist to Jesus, how very unselfish it was, and and it is really exciting to think about a power duo up front between Jesus and Aguero. And if that is actually, I mean, you you touched upon what everyone is always talking about Pep's penchant for rotation, particularly Champions League coming up. But isn't it so tantalizing, this idea of a striker partnership up front, the likes of what we haven't seen in many seasons? Since the, since the Sturridge-Suarez yeah, years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that sort of play that they had against Liverpool when the game was effectively over, uh, I, I, I understand that. Um, they were just kind of having a kick around at some point. That is really encouraging. It does make my eye go toward Aguero and Jesus in a way that it hadn't before. I mean, you couldn't have Kane or Lukaku in that case, right? I mean, you're talking about, I mean, Aguero and uh, Jesus together, that's like, what, 22 million? <laughs> so if you add it, uh, Lukaku or Kane, that's like 34. I mean, it's almost like 35 million up front. That's, it's, I, mean, I think it's a little too much. Yeah, y- you might be right. Um, last question is about strikers. We're coming back to Kane. Tom Smith says, with Kane now seemingly firing on all cylinders, this is after just one game, Tom, but I take your point. Uh, is it too early to triple captain him against Swansea next week? Double game weeks seem to be a curse for me. So Tom has some experience playing the triple captain chip. Uh, I think I know our response to this, Josh, but let Tom know what our feeling is here. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just if, if only because... I mean, it's kind of an interesting idea. What I, you know, if they weren't playing in the Champions League two days before that or three days before this, uh, if they weren't kind of shaky at Wembley, um, I think it'd be more interesting. But given all of those factors, given the fact that he's still not necessarily firing on all cylinders, I don't know that I agree that he's firing on all cylinders. Um, I think that I, I would, I would at best captain Kane this game week. All right, heavy hitting midfielders. How do we complement these heavy-hitting strikers, Josh? Christian Manson asks us, can I rely on KDB to deliver now? I love this. Christian, I want to give you the easy answer here, uh, but we cannot. 
Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and I will. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously you can't, you can't, quote, rely on KDB to deliver now. It's just one game. I will say right. I think a lot of people are encouraged uh, by the fact that, of course, after everyone ships Kevin De Bruyne out of their squads, he seems to be playing a little bit forward. But that is just in one match. I mean, right. Pep and and the, a match where for most of the match uh, they were 11 against 10. Yes. And we, we said is exactly that while we were watching the game, Josh, is there was nothing to be taken away from the last part of the first half and the entire second half of that Man City-Liverpool game. If you guys wanted to have a lot of fun and hear a lot of insight, travel <laughs> back in time <laughs> to, to Saturday morning uh, with Brandon and I, 8 o'clock, when I'm on my second beer at the uh, Black Horse Tavern, uh, and hear, us, hear me rant about uh, Firmino getting subbed in the 60th minute. It's very encouraging. Like, Christian, if you still have KDB, do not sell him. Uh, we've got some good fixtures coming up for City. I, I'm basically just waiting to make my money back on Kevin, and then I'm going to figure out what to do. But I was very encouraged by that game. But I, I would count myself lucky if KDB has another game like that in the next couple of game weeks. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think you're going to get your money back. I mean, you might still see a price drop from KDB. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. FPL statistics had him on the upward trajectory. I mean, the minuscule, oh, really? minuscule yeah. trajectory. Okay. But we'll see. I think that very much depends on wild card activity. I think if, if you dropped Kevin, you're not going to be bringing him back in the next couple of weeks. Like he's gone. He's in the rearview mirror. Called him Kevin like three times. Like you're on a first name basis. You know, you didn't call. You didn't call Alvaro. Alvaro. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about my good friend, Elvaro Negredo. Uh, all right. Mark says, can Paul cover Romulu for $3 million less? I have Pogba and Lukaku. Um, I think that you can make an argument for Pogba or Mkhitaryan. Uh, my, my, you know, the reason I'm, I'm really pro Pogba is just that I think he's going to play 90 minutes of like every single game. Uh, it seems like he's really locked in. It seems like he's really trying to score. Um, you know, I think there the heat maps and the sort of shots, like a lot of the comparisons with Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan comes out a little bit ahead, um, which I think the, like, the, 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 there is a very sound argument that I probably agree with that Mkhitaryan is the statistically better option. But I just sort of feel like there's something about Lukaku that I just, I, I want to have him in my team because I just feel very confident that he's going to be really aggressively trying to score an assist this season. Yeah, it's unscientific, think, maybe. Yeah, for all the for all the shade I've thrown at Lukaku, I mean, he's I haven't even thought a, a, a minute about dropping him because I do I do believe that as the season rolls on, he's going to he's going to prove his worth more and more and more and more. So, uh, do you think that Pogba can cover Lukaku for three million less? <laughs> I, it, I mean, you you can't. I I believe you couldn't say one way or another because this depends on who Mark has up front. I mean, if you're looking at Lukaku as a striker that's going to be scoring so many, <laughs> he's going to score yeah. a goal every week, but he's just going to be knocking in six points for your team. Yeah. You're going to stop losing the desire to captain Lukaku after a while. You're going to see Harry yeah. Kane coming in with a potential to score a hat trick against various opponents, then then I start to wonder, 
well, is is Jesus or is Murata or is Lacazette somebody who's playing in a system where they're more likely than Lukaku to score a brace as opposed yeah. to a goal? And I think I that's get, the one yeah. flag I would throw up on Lukaku right now. Yeah. Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, I feel I, I feel differently, and I actually I really hope that the managers out there do start to drop Lukaku. I think that would be <laughs> fantastic. I know that boredom sets in, and people get sick of getting uh, goals every week. Um, so. I you know I I don't think I, I think you got to have Lukaku. I, his ownership is also crazy high, and you know um, if he does anything good, it's going to crush you. And I'm not even talking about overall rank here, but practically everyone's mini league too uh, is you know very Lukaku centric, and um, I do think that dropping him you know brings with it a lot of risk. Now I, I said earlier that I. I don't think I'm being overly conservative when I say this, but I, I do. I just feel very confident in the consistency of his returns this year, um, and I just, I just think it's foolish to to drop him. So that's that's all I'll say. We've talked about Lukaku a lot this podcast. All right, here's a pop quiz for you, Josh. Yes, Jake Baldry wants to know Willian and Lukaku to Marada and Pogba. So uh, this this sort of the. You you pose the, the way to solve the equation. Can right. you solve the equation? I reject the premise. I I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't want Willian. Uh, or I mean I, I don't want. Uh, I would I would I would hold Lukaku and I would trade Willian for somebody else. Uh, and what? Just to answer that question, what midfielder would I want that's under uh, seven million or cheaper? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it might. Yeah, it might it might still be Richarlison. Actually, he looks so good in that Southampton match. He just needs to he's, he's, he needs to score a little more. I might I might try to find uh, a little more money and, and try to bring in one of those. Uh, one of, I, I might I might try to find a way to bring in Pogba anyway. Maybe maybe you can downgrade a defender or something. Okay, uh, speaking of replacements, Mane is out until October first, as you said, Josh. Options to replace Mane. What and I guess generally, what does this do to Liverpool's prospects? I guess we've kind of touched on it. Like it does raise some question marks, but are you, do you immediately know who you would replace Mane with? Um, I would be very tempted to replace Mane with Coutinho. Um, I would wait until the Champions League fixers were over and see how much they played him. You know, ideally he plays like 30 minutes in the Champions League and then he is slotted right into the team. Uh, he's only 8.8 million. So I think he's a great time. It's a great time to buy him. Um, Salah, is another option, I think. Um, he just needs to be a little less wasteful around goal. Uh, it's kind of a frustrating... I don't even have Sal on my team, but I was just so frustrated by his finishing in that match, you know, in the first you know 40 minutes or so. Oh, you were that. rooting for a Liverpool goal just to justify you dropping Danilo. I, <laughs> I was. That's true. But, I mean, surely you agree about Salah. I, yeah, I do. Um, he his work, so good. His work rate is so great, and he's trying so hard, and I think it's like his sights aren't perfectly set every time. Uh, but he he does look great. I mean, there, there are other options apart from Liverpool, but um, I think if you don't have uh, Christian Eriksen, that has to be the guy you bring in for Mane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, def- definitely Ericsson. Um, I think that, yeah, Ericsson is the, the first... If you have the money, he is absolutely the first player I would bring in. Um, after Ericsson, I might look at uh, one of Pogba and Mkhitaryan. It sort of feel, feels like a matter of personal preference almost. Uh, I would That's definitely a little bit at, like who you are. It's like getting a tattoo. Are you a, are you a Mickey <laughs> guy or a Pogba guy? Yeah. Coco uh, Pepsi. I, 
I also think that Mourinho trusts Pogba a little more than Mkhitaryan. Doesn't it feel like Mkhitaryan could be like on the, like he makes a mistake in a match and he gets the hook and the oh, he gets minute, the Juan Mata like, treatment, right? And then he gets like you know sub for the next two matches as you know punishment or whatever. Um, I think that uh, I mean, are there is there anyone outside of like the top six clubs that you would look at? I mean, are there any, you know, is there anyone on? I mean, would you look at Ozil? Is Ozil someone who would appeal to you? <laughs> uh, that Arsenal team is just so gross. I mean, even yeah. just destroying Bournemouth as they did, um, I still don't find it appealing. No Ramsey, no Ozil. Yeah. Alexis, what about San- S- Alexis Sanchez is yet to be determined. Uh, now, obviously, they play a way to minion in Game Week 5, but does Gilfie Sigurdsson appeal at all? He's... Uh, you know, home to home to Bournemouth, uh, home to Burnley, and away to Brighton in game week six through eight. At eight point five, it's just a ridiculous outlay of cash for a team that doesn't look like it's gelled. Yeah. Yes, their fixtures are kind of looking good coming up, but at eight point five, just no, relax. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's, just, it's just a little too expensive given that there's all these really good options, but it does seem a little boring sometimes to just recommend Liverpool midfielders and. Spurs midfielders and Man United midfielders. It does, but I I think going back to uh, what we were saying about um, just collecting the players who are getting all the points. That's that's who we're building our our teams around. And I guess Mane getting uh, the red card, getting the ban, might be a silver lining. Maybe you bring in a guy like Richarlison for Mane, and right. suddenly you're turning Calvert Lewin into Morata. Right. That's a big jump. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a five million jump, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, it is a five million jump. Wow. So, you know, that assumes you have what, let me do the math. How much do you have in your bank? All right, so speaking of Richarlson, Josh, we have a little mm-hmm. section here called Can't Have Them All. And uh we can't just talk about heavy hitters here. Let's quickly run through um, the never-ending discussion of who do I buy in the midfield between five and six million. Uh, yeah. Dave Aston says, discuss the five to six million mids. I defy you to pick one. I really have no answer. I'm kind of like don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, it's it feels like there's there's still a lot of ambiguity there. Uh, I will be a like a total bandwagony guy here mm-hmm. and. Um, I will give a shout out for Pascal Gross. Um, you know, so we have to at least mention him on this podcast because, uh, you know, two goals and an assist, uh, 18 points uh, in game week four. He is a player that we did talk about on the preview podcast way back when, and um, he created the most chances of any player in the Bundesliga last season. And that uh, pretty extraordinary. We consider uh, how many you know dynamic players there are on. Uh, you know, uh, BVB and, and Bayern Munich and, and all the other clubs. So, uh, you know, really, like, impressive, talented player who um, is just available for super cheap, right? He's $5.4 million. And what makes him even more appealing, um, and I, I guess you could include Anthony Knockert or uh, Davy Proper, maybe even Izquierdo, um, is that the fixtures are really quite good for Brighton for a long time to come. Um, with the, They play Arsenal in game week seven. Um, but then, you know, from game weeks 5 through 12, they play Bournemouth, Newcastle, uh, West Ham, Southampton, Swansea, Stoke. Um, just a run of, of mediocre to bad teams. And um, 
I don't know. I feel like, sure. you know. And, and Brighton is a bad team themselves, so. Uh. <laughs> they are a bad team themselves. So I, I don't want to go over the top here. I'm not saying triple up on Brighton or anything, but given that we haven't solved this problem yet, given that there's an informed player, uh, given that they have good fixtures, maybe that's just a logical move. And people don't want to do it because it feels so bandwagony. Ignacio V on Twitter says, is, is gross the new Tadic? Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if Ignacio... Ignacio means that in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Say <laughs> now, Gross is a wholly in, uh, unique and original individual, uh, not to be compared to Dusan Tadic. Yeah, Tadic is the most frustrating. As Jeremiah John says, why doesn't Chad? Has, why doesn't Tadic start? Tadic must have like the, a terrible attitude or something, right? There must be some reason. Just why. look at the guy. That guy's got terrible <laughs> attitude written on his forehead. Martin Every Miller. manager, no manager trusts him. He can, he will never. He's like Gerard Gerard Delafeo. He just no one, no one thinks he can start two matches in a row. No one thinks he can play the full ninety minutes. Uh, the underlying stats are always fantastic, and then he just never. He always disappoints. I mean, I know he got a penalty in game week two, but you know, in general, he's a very disappointing player. I bet he's a real bad boy in the locker room, hanging out, smoking cigarettes, mm, making eyes yeah. at all the coaches' uh, daughters and whatnot. Cigarettes rolled up his sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> Jean jacket. Uh, here's an interesting shout for you, Josh. Martin Uwer says, Ayu. Uh, actually, we need to specify, Martin. Are you talking about Andre or Jordan as well, a uh, Willian one replacement? Is, yeah, so it must be, it must be Andre, right? Because he's a midfielder. That's true. Yes, that is true. Um, good point. Um Problem with Andre is he he hasn't been starting. I mean, he came in. Yeah. He was an impact sub for West Ham in their match today, uh, recording against Huddersfield. But uh, there might be an irony in me saying this, considering I was just chilling for Pascal Gross. But I, the IU thing that feels a little bandwagony to me, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he Recent, actually had recency bias. Yeah, I mean, he he you know didn't had no goals or assists in the the first three matches. Uh, you know, came on and had a goal and assist in twenty in twenty six minutes of this game, and uh, you know maybe that. In, in, you know, honestly, he was so good as an impact sub that I wonder if they just keep him in that role. I don't see um, why not. Yeah. yeah, you know, bring him on against a you know tired defense or when they need a goal, and um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to think about that whole uh, West Ham team in general. I mean, Antonio uh, still hasn't really gotten off the, you know, gotten going this year. He has one assist in, in four matches and. Uh, didn't actually didn't play in game week one, so maybe he's still just, you know, not fully fit. But um, you know, nine goals and eight assists last year, eight goals and seven assists the year before. You know, really consistent, strong returns for, um, you know, for for an affordable price. Um, you know, I wish he was he was a little bit cheaper. He's seven point five million. I really wish he was six point five. Uh, let's talk about Watford. Your Richarlson lover, uh, Decore. <laughs> well, Any interest in yeah. Decore? Five point two. He's he's bagged two goals already. Uh, yeah. Jet says, could Decore be better value than Richarlison right now? Well, based on what we've seen so far, yes, sure. But I don't know. I mean, Richarlison. I thought he actually played pretty well and looked pretty good in the um, in Watford. I mean, Southampton are just not a fun team to watch, and there's some weird thing that seems to happen where when you play them, you suddenly don't become a fun team to watch either. <laughs> you know, it's like they just suck the joy out of matches right now. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I don't really know how to rate Richarlison. I mean, the you know, the the Brighton match, they lose, um, you know, they, they go down a man very early on. Right. And so it's it's 10 and 11. How much how much can he really show? Right. 
in the Southampton game, he also you know didn't pick up any points, but you know he did. Um, uh, I th- I just thought he looked good. I thought he was really active. He was on the ball a lot. He was um, you know he showed some aggression. Um, and but you know but the results aren't there. The fixtures are like not super hot, right? They play Man City. They do play Swansea and West Brom in game week six and seven. I, I don't know. I mean, I, would you bring in Richarlison right now? I, I guess I probably wouldn't. No, no, I'm not. I'm not bringing Richarlison in. I, mean, I guess that's why Decore is a little more tempting because he he doesn't miss a minute, just like my favorite Aerosmith song. <laughs> um, so he's he plays the full ninety and he's yeah. cheaper. But five, yeah. I mean, five point two for a guy who kind of for me performs as a fifth midfielder starts yeah. to feel a little expensive. Yeah, if, you know, you know, uh, just I know this podcast is starting to go long. So let me let me just throw this out idea out there, Brandon. There are like, I mean, I'm just looking like at all of the teams right now. I'm just like I'm looking at the midfielders. I'm trying to think of like a really good suggestion. It really seems to auger for a three either a a, you know, a heavy hitting midfield or a three man midfield with four defenders, right? Because it does seem like there's just not a lot of value right now in the four, five, six million midfield range. But I think there is some pretty good value in that four point five, five million defender range. So maybe I would just argue against trying to find a solution in midfield and in favor of upgrading your defenders and playing a four man defense. Yeah, I totally agree. There is no bat magic bullet right now, and uh, or, or no answer that we can really help you with with your yeah. midfield. It's, it's sort of chill. Everybody chill. <laughs> so, Brennan, I think we should cut the rest of the questions and go right to our, our Game Week 5 preview. What do you think about that? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Let's do it. You're cut. Same old podcast, always shame. Brandon, we're on to game week five. Transfers planned for this week. Who are you thinking about? I was up till all hours last night trying to figure out how to get Ben Davies into my squad before he hit the 5.7 price rise. Um, All I have are eyes for Ben Davis right now. Davies, Mm -hmm. Davis, however you like it. I'll go both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, He's my man. I, I think Spurs fixtures are the pick of the bunch. Going into game week five, again, coming up, Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, until they hit uh, Liverpool in game week nine. And the, uh, I guess the the prospect on Danny Rose coming back, is it's not for even a while yet. Ben Davies is probably um, set in that starting 11 for at least another three or four game weeks. Yeah, I really want to bring in Davies as well. I... You know, I wish I would have just done it uh, this this last Saturday. Um, I, I guess I, – so I didn't get him uh, already because uh, I, I decided I, I, I was a little more conservative and I thought I wanted to wait until the Champions League fixtures are played just in case. I wanted Smart. to hold on to my transfer. Um, and, I, you know, so I, I took the I, – I missed the one – his tenth of a price rise. I, I think if he's set to rise a second time, I probably will just transfer him in. Uh, but I was willing to take 1.1 hit. So to, who would you drop him. for him? Are you dropping Bertrand? Well, I actually have uh, 2.4 million in my bank. Whoa. And I have, yeah, and so I have Long from Burnley uh, on my defense. So I think I'm just going to turn Long into Davies, uh, and then I would play a four-man defense, and I'd actually still have 0.7 million on my bank. Well, I'd say that's done and dusted, man. 
Yeah, I think that's probably the move I'm planning to make. Um, I guess if I, you know, if Hagazi is like definitely not going to play, then I might just, you know, if there, if, you know, if it somehow comes out, I, I don't know why it would that Hagazi is just not going to start uh, this weekend. Then, um, then I might think about just making that move and just banking that that you know price rise that I that I picked up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking long to Davies is the way to go. Yeah, I wanted to turn Hagazi into Ben Davies last night, but I was point two shy. Now I'd be point three shy, and uh, because yeah, I'm I'm done with Hagazi. It was it was kind of fun. I didn't really get any of his points, but I <laughs> you but got I, two points. I made yeah, I got two points and point one worth of money. So nice. how do I spend it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, did you get the point one? So you got them at four. I got them at four seven. Yeah. So nice. uh, so I can sell them yeah. at four eight now, which is which is good. Not quite not That's quite fun. good enough apparently. So, <laughs> so I mean, you, you do not have Davies yet. You still haven't figured out how to do it. No, and it looks like to get Davies, which I just feel is an incredibly smart move to make right now. I'd have to get rid of Aaron Moy. So um, please, God, don't make me have to revisit that question of of below six million midfielders, <laughs> right? But so it, you do it, like Moida Moida Decore, right? Would be the way that you do it, probably. Yeah, something something to that effect. I, I I don't feel right getting rid of Ryan Bertrand. I mean, Southampton have stunk recently, but their fixtures are still too good to drop a guy like Bertrand. Crystal Palace yeah. coming up. I don't know where. Where are the assists for Bertrand? Give us some assists, man. He saw as if we've only had him for four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Let and, him breathe a little bit. Yeah, and the fixtures are actually really good for them through game week 11. I mean, that's, they play Man U in game week six. Other than that, it's, it's a really strong ride. It, it could be false hope that we think they'll get it together. I mean, they, they just look like they're, they're a little rudderless at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the other outstanding issue on my team is Calvert-Lewin, but I don't see any way of fixing that until some some different setup in my midfield starts taking shape. So right now I'm focused yeah. on Spurs' defense. Okay, yep, no, that makes that makes sense. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing, and I, I'm just waiting until the Champions League matches are over uh, just to be safe because, um, you know, we've all seen... Uh, uh, massive injuries come through during the Champions League. Like, part of me almost wants to do the move beforehand and just be able to, like, burn four with a clear conscience. You know? <laughs> it's it's so rare that you can do that, you know, where you can just burn four and be like, I have no choice. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. I've got to make two transfers. It does feel good to know that you, you, it was justified. Um, yeah. All right, so we, we talked a little bit about captaincies. Um, Kane is the is the clear front runner, but you managed to talk yourself into Lukaku earlier in the podcast. I'm just, I'm thinking about it at least. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the homecoming game uh, against Everton. I don't know if that means that he presses or if he just like does a Van Persie and he just like destroys Everton. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. How do you know Wayne Rooney uh, doesn't come in on the uh, flip side of the homecoming narrative? That's just an exciting match. I am just totally excited about uh, about uh, Man United Everton. Okay, so uh, Sunday Sunday this past game week we had Swansea Swansea sorry everyone at uh, Newcastle and Bournemouth Crystal Palace and everyone was yes. sort of like yakking on social media like what a garbage Super Sunday. This is a super Sunday. Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Everton. Let's go. It's fantastic. And Chelsea, Ar- Chelsea, Arsenal is a total pure watch for me. No players in the game. 
I yeah, can't remember likewise. the last time. It, yeah, when's the last time there was a Chelsea Arsenal derby and I you didn't have anybody in the game? It feels like that feels like a rarity to me. I feel like I almost always have one one player from those teams. Yeah, I don't think I'd be excited to have Chelsea defense going into that game. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I would be super psyched to have Morata and. This is a classic game. I know it's. I've been like weirdly Hazard wishful thinking the last couple of weeks, but this game has Hazard written all over it, right? It just who knows. I mean, I, I would totally buy an Arsenal win in this game too. Just given that's crazy. Given that's how the narrative with Arsenal always that, that's but that's that's like when they that's when they win games like this. You know, like you just never know with that team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I one thing I will flag not for this match but just long term is. Uh, uh, K- Gary Cahill down to six point three million, uh, number one overall point scanner for for defenders last year. Six point three million is an extremely affordable price, and uh, you know he's not going to deliver the you know attacking points that you're going to get from from Alonso, but the guy is a great goal scorer on, on set pieces. Uh, scored six goals last season and um, has scored. You know, two, three, five goals, various various years in the past. So I think that uh, um, I definitely keep an eye out on Cahill when when Chelsea's fixtures improve. All right. So the big fixture to flag on Saturday is Spurs Swansea. That's where we're looking at captaining Kane. Probably your best bet for a clean sheet as well. Any other clean sheet possibilities jump out for you on Saturday? <laughs> Uh, Newcastle Stoke maybe. I thought Newcastle's defense looked pretty good. Lascelles, how about um, that? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Uh, I think I might actually play Elliot over De Gea in this uh, on uh, on Saturday too. Okay. So okay. it's interesting. Elliot has not made his way off my bench yet, but it might be might be time. He's gonna punch his way out of your bench. <laughs> Can't you see Everton scoring at Man United? I can definitely see that happening. I could. Um, I do see your logic. It's it's the logic tracks. Starting Elliot, but no, I, I'm going to Haya definitely. Are you? Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, clean sheets, maybe Man City at Watford. Um, no, actually, no. I, I think Watford <laughs> scoring that match. Yeah, we kind of, we, we we glossed over a few questions about defense. I mean, do you, the the defense at Man City didn't sort of uh, turn your opinion keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool. No, not at all. And there was like an ESPN article that was so bad about how good Man City looked at how bad Liverpool looked. And I was like, did you watch this match or did you just watch it after? Like, did you wake up after the uh, Sané uh, red card took place? Because, man, Liverpool could have scored like, th- yeah, what did I say, Sané? Uh, yeah, although Sané's, yeah, yeah, it's similar enough. Um, one is German and the other one's African, but, you know. Senegalese. It's, it's all right. Senegalese, thank you. Um, I couldn't remember the country, and I didn't want to yeah, disrupt fumble. Disrupt the f- amazing flow that you have. Yeah, like I, like we've just done. Um, I think that uh, Liverpool could have scored like three goals in the first forty minutes of that game, and you know everything that happened after they took Salah off at halftime is kind of irrelevant because Liverpool were playing for uh, you know for the Champions League at midweek. I mean, they they weren't trying to win that game. Or, I mean, I mean they were. They failed at a team, but it wasn't like, 
I mean, did you did you feel like Liverpool even cared if they won that game? No, it was all geared towards let's get let's basically get our heads right for midweek against yeah. Sevilla. Sevilla. Let's give Alex Oxlade Chamberlain a run out. You know, was, yeah, yeah. And Man City. Let's not forget, like their first choice goalkeeper is out, and Claudio um, Stonehands Bravo is is back in, and they company is injured. They don't have it sorted. Yeah. I am fine playing Richarlison in game week five. Maybe maybe it'll be a Decore versus Richarlison always cheating match. How exciting will that be? <laughs> It'd be pretty pretty darn exciting, Brandon. Uh, the other thing to note is that we actually have a Friday fixture this week. Ah, uh, yeah. Set your teams on Friday. Bournemouth hosts Brighton for a Super Friday, Friday Night Lights. Sort yeah. Of thing. I'll be playing Duffy in this game, but um, I, I think that Bournemouth will probably win this match, actually. I think that it's, uh, they kind of need to, don't they? <laughs> like, Bournemouth need to win a game. They have they have zero points through through four fixtures. This team is better than that. I mean, I'm not sure that they're top half of the table, but they are definitely not a, a team I expect to be in the relegation. Can you imagine a world in which Bournemouth has to let Eddie Howe go? I mean, I don't want to live in that world. I think they would just get relegated and keep him. I mean, that guy's like Alex. I mean, he's like he's an Alex Ferguson type figure for that for that club. Um, I, I you know I just don't think I think they would rather go down with him than drop him. I, maybe I'm just too sentimental. I don't know, but like I, he really is a club legend. He would not be an easy player to fire, but it would take more than this start to let him go. I mean, they'd have to have you know zero points at game week fifteen or something like that. Well, any any team that uh, is responsible for buying Jermaine Defoe at this point maybe deserves to go down. I'm not sure. That's just what I, I'm just going to throw that one out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Brandon, that's that's the podcast for this game week. Uh, and we didn't curse once, did we? We got through it curse free. I don't think so. Maybe I said something I was stupid so or something sucked. So I hope everyone's okay with that. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter, uh, Twitter. Actually, no, we, but we did, uh, we did, we did think about that, and we're, uh, you know, we we do not have an explicit label in the podcast, and I think that we we make an effort not to. So let's 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 keep that up. Brandon. Absolutely, keep it clean. Stay, we'll stay as family friendly as possible. I I did think of there's someone who commented last week, and I was like, you know what, we'll we'll be the uh, we'll be the thirty something guys that we are, <laughs> and, and find. <laughs> Uh, and be like, be the, be the dad. Oh yeah. And and just swear into pillows, um, in the quiet (laughs) of our dark bedroom, like, like thirties. Right. Exactly. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash hail cheaters, facebook.com slash always cheating, uh, SoundCloud, just look up always cheating. You can find us there. Uh, our website is always cheating.com. You can email us hail cheaters at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find us on Patreon. Uh, you can support the podcast and you can also join our Patreon league. We give away a free issue of fantasy football bag every month. Uh, we also, uh, the winner of our, of our Patreon league gets to be a guest on the podcast. And if you join before the second international break, then you can join our survivor league. Uh, we're starting that, um, at the second, uh, break. So, uh, we also have exclusive podcasts, including one that should go up next month. Josh, not only do you get a, fr- you could win a free issue of Fantasy Football Mag. Any of our Patreon supporters get a ten percent discount on a yearly subscription to FF Mag. Uh, so that that's another great deal. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. We're there. We're there. And Brennan, I am I am talked out. I. 
I did not think, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I, I you know, I, I don't know where the podcast is going to go. I did not think I'd talk about Lukaku over 45 minutes. In this <laughs> that was, that's a He demands me. it. He demands it. Yeah, I guess so. He's the new Aguero. Is that, <laughs> is that what you're saying? He's the new Brock too. All right, let's wish our <laughs> listeners good luck in game week five. Don't forget to set your team on Friday. Yep, don't forget to set your team. Don't forget to, uh, to wait until the transfer, the Champions League matches have played, if at all possible. All right, Ben Davies forever. All right, Pogba can shoot now. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.